Welcome to Open to Wonder, the podcast where we wonder about all kinds of faith questions, big ones, small ones, weird ones, and hard to talk about in church ones. I'm Karen. And I'm Chris. This season, we're going beyond Sunday morning to explore how faith is formed during the hours we spend outside of the church's buildings and programs. If you've ever wondered how faith is both formed and lived out in daily life, you won't want to miss these conversations. So pull up a seat and wonder with us. Hey everyone, Chris and I learned so much from today's guest. Her name is Ruth Padilla Deborst, and she lives in intentional community at Casa Adobe in Costa Rica. The conversation that we had with her about what it means to intentionally live into and out of your faith seven days a week was one of those ones that replayed in my mind for days afterwards. It was that rich. And I cannot wait for you to hear Ruth's honest answer to a question I asked about how you and I can intentionally live out our faith in our neighborhoods and in our communities. You're going to find that and so much more in this conversation starting right now on Open to Wonder. Today, Chris and I are so thrilled to connect with our guest, Ruth Padilla Deborst. Um, I'm going to just introduce everyone to her. Ruth would describe herself as a Latina woman with a doctorate. She's also been described as a wife of one and a mother of many, a theologian, a missiologist, educator, and a storyteller. Ruth has been involved in leadership development and theological education for integral mission in her native Latin America for several decades. Her PhD is in theology from Boston University, and she works with Resonate Global Mission, heading up leadership development initiatives, leading the community of interdisciplinary theological studies in Latin America, and facilitating the International Fellowship for Mission as Transformation. Ruth lives in intentional community at Casa Adobe in Costa Rica. Welcome, Ruth. We are so glad you're here. Thank you. It's a privilege to be with you today. Okay, Ruth. So I I heard that intro and I I start wondering, it says mother of many. So so (laughs) how how many are there? (laughs) Depends on how you count. (laughs) Um, Yes, because I... I uh, actually birthed three, Mm -hmm. um, but then um, I widowed and remarried. So uh, through marriage, I um, received another three. And uh, but my husband and I really have um, how have really opened up our home and our and our parenting to uh, several other. at the time, children or young people. And Mm -hmm. so there are three more um, in El Salvador that call us mom and dad and another couple in Nicaragua that adopted us as their parents. Um, So uh, it's just better to say many. Yeah, that's amazing. And I I think part of um, what I've heard you name before and and what we even heard in the, um, the intro is, 
you are you and your husband are living in intentional community. Um, and that phrase catches us. Like, what do you mean by intentional community? So we, yes, uh, some, some of our community members would say we're actually an accidental community <laughs> because this was not a big master plan. We didn't set out with my husband, sit down and say, okay, five years from now, we're going to be so many people. And 10 years from now, we're going to have done this, this and the other. It's really been more of an answer to God's call a step at a time. Mm. Um, we moved to Costa Rica in 2009. We had um, five of our six kids at that point because one was already off in, in college. Uh, we knew we needed space, but we knew we weren't going to need it for too long. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, uh, God provided this uh, property with space, green, quite a bit of a, a portion of an old coffee plantation. Mm. We saw it as a place of opportunity. We didn't know exactly what that opportunity would look like, but we knew that this was um, a place where we could grow some dreams or mm. uh, start making them uh, come true. Dreams that would be part of our calling that God had in our lives. Um so we uh, began praying, we began building, but we built in such a way like an old Spanish courtyard so that rooms would be pretty independent. We imagined we would be receiving maybe some single moms mm -hmm. with young children or something. We ended up our first uh, community member was actually a young man with his daughter who had uh, gone wow. through a very messy divorce. So just through time, we've received a refugee family from El Salvador, a political asylum family from Venezuela, um, other. So some people have come out of need. Some people have come out of vocation. Um, and we currently are several families sharing life. And we also uh, receive members from the cohort program of Resonate Young People volunteering time of service and learning for a year. Um, so the intentionality, I guess, is in the coming together with morning prayer, with clarifying our gifts as a community. We're very much um, called into just being good neighbors and mm -hmm. our neighborhood, our physical neighborhood, yep. uh, the people living there, but also the broader environment so caring for the river that's just down the road um gardening creating and encouraging our neighbors to develop urban gardens um just seeking to to be faithful to god in in those in those things yeah. so that's where the intentionality comes in to living together sharing life wow Wow. You know, Ruth, this, this series that, that Chris and I are working on, we're kind of thinking of it as beyond Sunday, this idea of what it means to live out our faith, mm -hmm. you know, beyond the one hour, perhaps that we're in a worship service on Sunday morning. And, and what you're describing, I mean, is like a 24 seven exactly. living out and doing it with your family as part of your family life. And I, I know a little bit about your your the family your family of origin how you were raised. I'm I mean how is this fostered in you? I'm I'm guessing one day someone <laughs> just doesn't just wake up and say hey I want to like 
you were exuding it out of your pores. How did that happen? I, like, how were you raised yeah. to live in this way? What was fostered in you? Yeah, you're you're right on. I mean, definitely that's not, it's not something that just kind of sprung into our minds and we said, let's do it. It really is something that's nourished a vision and a, and a posture in life mm-hmm. um, that has, was in my case, personally nourished, um, from a very young age, from my family, my parents. I grew up in Argentina. Um, my, uh, my, particularly my mother, <laughs> was an incredibly generous, open uh, person. Who and our home, um, we were. My dad was a pastor for a while. He's a, he was a theologian and mm-hmm. a, a leader um, in 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 a whole. In a movement of recognizing yeah. the in the wholeness of mission and gospel and uh, and so and my parents really lived it out they didn't just speak mm. about it and mm. so our home was very open um to people a young woman whose mother was alcoholic and she just really couldn't continue living in her um in her mother's home uh, a family of uh, a young woman who had recovered from drugs and was having relapses and so the entire family moved into our home um and so this kind of just porous extended family mode uh was very much part of my upbringing Mm -hmm. and uh and I see it so much as uh just well Slowly then when I was, when I had my own home, it also became um, open to to people that needed accompaniment and inclusion and embrace. Um, And so, and my husband had done the same in his um, previous life before our marriage. So it just came very naturally to us. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Monday to Sunday piece, uh, we see... uh, this, we see it as an experiment. We 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 don't mm. we don't build ourselves as oh this is the model of life, <laughs> but we do see us seeking to live faithfully from Monday to Sunday, mm-hmm. not to just go to church, but yep. to live as the church day in and day out in our values, in our in our priorities, in the way we manage money, in the way we use our time. That's a a, a really robust. Um, a powerful uh, vision, but I imagine for some people who are are listening, and and even for myself, uh, there's part of it that sounds intimidating, um, almost overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, um, you know, big a big phrase around uh, the parts I'm in um, in in um, West Michigan, big phrase is self care. How do you do? <laughs> how do you, how do you care for? kind of your own well-being <laughs> in the midst of always being on mission? Yeah, well, you could ask the same thing if you think about your nuclear family. You're mm. you're mm. always in that family. You yeah. you don't you don't step mm. out of the family to take care of yourself. You build the care of self and the just the proper rhythms for your own um, self reflection for your physical well being. You build it into the system of your nuclear family. Mm. Um, so yes, of course, stretching that to more and more people creates new demands, but it also frees you up. So for mm-hmm. example, um, 
in your home, who does the cooking? You have to eat every day, right? Yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. cooks every day in your home. Well, I only cook once a week at most. <laughs> Why? Because everybody else takes their turn. So mm-hmm. I'm on um, this time I, I'm cooking on next Saturday. So I have my menu planned and I'm ready yep. to go. And I can give, even if I need to, I could give a couple hours to that cooking. And I still would be spending a whole lot less time cooking than most of you do in your, right. in your homes. Yeah. Why? Yep. Because we share that burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and that's just an example. These days yep. during COVID, we have school-age kids in the community. I know how much families have struggled with COVID mm-hmm. to keep up their jobs and their kids' schooling. Well, there's obviously some demand on the community, but it's shared. Yeah. So, yeah. so the kids get covered, but it's not all the burden on the parents alone because yeah. um, all the parents pitch in. And so we have a tiny mini school running um, during COVID. So in some ways, yes, there are new demands um, mm-hmm. and, and there is a, a bit of a tension and a need to keep a balance to withdraw. We do work hard. We have um, nobody has to share a room except with your spouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can retreat to your room. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have areas of the house that are assigned more for the public and others that are more the quiet kind of almost monastery feeling of this is the quiet space. So we don't bring people from outside into that space. It's just internal so that there are borders in that sense to to make it sustainable. Um, We're not massively crowded. We're on a beautiful property with lots of green. So you can sit outside or terrace or Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, it is a, it is a, a constant, negotiating your personal yeah. space and the community space. But I think the pluses are um, larger than the minuses. So here's that hard to ask in church question. So Chris and I, I'm in Canada, Chris is in North America. And um, and so I have a home that I, I'm kind of an introvert. I like my backyard. I bought it because I could I can note my neighbors can't see me. <laughs> and I can read my book like I'm I'm living the opposite of what you're living and and mm. so so what do I do with that like what other ways can we live in intentional like how do I kind of do what you were doing but mm-hmm. do it in a way that fits mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah um, yeah I think I, I I do and and we do have uh, particularly I would say especially one or maybe two very introverted people in our community. And part of our learning is um, living with that um, natural leaning and making sure she and he are, have the space they need. Um, Of course I'm living, this is Latin America. (laughs) We are a much more communal um, Mm -hmm. society culturally than North America is. Um, I do think, however, that even even if you weren't to go the radical way of, you know, breaking down a bunch of walls to pull several houses together and make them one or something like that, um, that 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 there are certain kind of core values incorporated in this that are livable even in other manifestations, other expressions. Um, So 
So what, for example, if um, instead of every family um, needing, I don't know, needing to buy their own individual lawnmower. Right. What if you um, got together with your neighbors on the same block and said, let's share one because ecologically and in terms of just our footprint um, in the world, it would, it would make sense to do that. What if you uh, purchased fruit and vegetables from a local farmer together collaboratively Mm. um, instead of each of you going to the supermarket? Um, What, so it's, it's just, I think, you know, the Holy Spirit is the inspirer of creativity. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a formula for you in Kishner, <laughs> but I think, but I think the questions that yes. raise the questions, ask the questions, what, what would it look like to live more intentionally as a community that is seeking to live out the values of God's reign and God's justice and contribute to the well-being of of our neighborhood, our city, um, mm-hmm. in a in a more um, in a less individualistic way. Right. Yeah. You know that is that is super helpful because because that those are practical examples and baby mm-hmm. steps maybe that that mm-hmm. create getting mm-hmm. to know neighbors that right like mm-hmm. the the simple act of one lawnmower for all of us sounds mm. like oh well it's cost effective and it's better for the world but i can see how the ripple effects of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. become community mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. that's super helpful mm. <laughs> i'm trying to imagine your world <laughs> <laughs> it's very quiet ruth <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, you did your your PhD work at Boston University, so you've been in um, high academic environment. Uh, you did um, you you serve as a provost of a theological education uh, center there in in Costa Rica. Um, uh, you're involved in lots of conversations and movements uh, around uh, integral mission and trying to help people understand that. What's it like for you to to kind of grow your faith as you grow in knowledge and you speak knowledgeably in all these heavy academic settings? Um, how does your faith grow in that process? What What's mm. happening in your own formation as you engage those conversations? Right. Yeah. So a vital piece is are the rhythms we have as a community. We we share morning prayer every weekday, um, and it's a time. Often uh, it's a half hour. It's not a huge amount of time, but it's every every weekday. It's the beginning of our day, and um, it's a space where there's prayer. There may be silence. There may be teze songs. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on who is leading. But um, I find that that um, intentionality, again, of um, framing my day mm-hmm. with um, uh, with a recognition of God's presence, God's calling, um, what God is inviting us into and where God is active in the world is a pretty important piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the other really is um, I I don't prepare a talk 
um, thinking exclusively about others and what God might have to say to you. I also have to um, have to take it in and say, what is God calling me into in relation to this thing? Um, So that the word is actually um, uh, shaping my values uh, and questioning my uh, priorities yeah. Uh, and not just like I'm somebody up there that has it all put together. Um, so there's that that constant search. Um, and uh, t- and then, yes, I have the incredible, incredible opportunity of learning from sisters and brothers uh, in all those conversations. I'm not there as the erudite giver. <laughs> um, yeah. I have a piece to give from what God's given me, but I have a lot to learn um, from others and their, their expressions of faith and their own search for, um, for an understanding and a living out of God's call in their lives too. What you're describing, it sounds to me like a very different way of engaging academics and especially theology than what many of us in North America are used to. Um, I, I think you use the word sometimes of transformation, theology for transformation. Could you say a little bit more about that? Um, Happily. <laughs> I mean, to me, to me, yes. Uh, there's just, there's a problem with the conception of theology as if it were just the system of ideas that you need to... Um, grab on to know, repeat, and get others to repeat. Uh, just mm-hmm. like it's a system of thought too often for too many people. It's so distant from life. Um, to me, theology is more of a verb than a noun. Mm-hmm. We do theology. We, we, mm-hmm. we, we theologize as we live in obedience. That brings us insights and the Holy Spirit reveals um uh, the purpose isn't to he- fill up our heads with knowledge. The purpose mm-hmm. is to live more faithfully, to 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 communally express God's good purposes for God's world. That's the purpose of theology. Um, and so it's not to puff up our pride. It's yeah. to to make us better servants. Um, and and so to me, part of the issue is the approach to scripture. If we look mm. at scripture as a code of law, or we look at scripture as a as a conjunction of doctrines, but rather instead come at it as the story of of a people of God's people blundering and and uh, searching for faithfulness along the way of life in the midst of their cultures, in the midst yep. of their historical moment. So look at it as story and say, this is the story we're invited into. Um, in the world, there are so many stories available to us um, about what life is for, about who we live for, about what we what we value. Um but we're invited into this story by God's grace through mm. through Christ and the work of the Spirit. And so, um, how do we live into that story? It's energizing. Yeah. Then theology doesn't become this dry kind of set of just ideas I have to assent to. Theology becomes a, a, an exciting endeavor because mm. it has to do with life. 
Um, mm. It's from life. Mm. It's for life. And that's yeah. what we seek in our theological school also is just this isn't about um, just getting people to to quote big name theologians. This is about living. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. You know, there that reminds you, Chris and I were talking earlier today, Ruth, about how, you know, I know when I first had my kids many years ago, the, the talk was, well, it's important to pass on your faith, kind of like you pass on grandma's china to your, you know, this idea of passing <laughs> uh-huh. on. I hear you. Right? I hear you. And, and you know, as as... Yeah, I mean, it, it clearly it's we don't pass on faith like China. We help our kids live into and live out of it. And you know, as one who is a mother of many, I'm wondering, you know, what what would you say to a parent who's who's like, well, I just thought I had to take them to church and you know, mm. or send them to a particular school or sign them up mm. for a midweek mm. program. What does it look like to live into and out of mm. faith with mm. your kids? Yeah, I think that's a hugely important thing. Um, and and we can't, as parents, just say, okay, let's let the church do it. Yeah. <laughs> because the way we live speaks so mm-hmm. much to our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about what we tell them or about having a devotional reading. It's, right. it's the coherence between what we say we believe and how we live, that speaks more than any amount of words. Um, And so I think um, that for our kids to be able to um, be provoked into, Uh, be be awoken into uh, that integrity. I know that that, you know, you would say, oh, my dad was a big theologian. He was a pastor. Um, how, what was it like growing up like that? And how did I come into faith? Um, maybe even in spite of having a dad yeah. as a pastor <laughs> and theologian. For some people, that sure. is yep. a story. Yeah. Um, right? Um, yeah. And to me, the key was the integrity, was uh-huh. the fact that my parents lived what they spoke that they mm. they incarnated the values that they were promoting through their teaching and preaching and 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 such um and so that that was a core ingredient for me that I sought to bring into my family life um and I was for example um the, a couple of my kids are not churchgoers right sure. now mm-hmm. And obviously, as a parent, that's like, oh, well, what what are they going to, you know? Yep. But um, in a, a couple of years back, I was uh, preaching. I had the privilege of um, preaching in, in a church in Colorado and having my three biological kids along with me. And when the service finished, they said, Mom, if 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 church and preaching were what you just did, I would be yeah. going to church every Sunday. Mm. And I asked them, well, why? What, what's the difference between what you heard today and the others? And it was the same point. It was like, you just spoke out of, out of your own search to live faithfully. Mm. And the problem I see too often in the church is all these great ideas 
cranked out and repeated on Sunday. And then people live like everybody else the rest of the week. Um, And so I need to see it. I need to see the authenticity. And that's what our young people need. They need to church and faith is not a little add on. Church and I mean, faith is something that filters through the whole of our life. Mm-hmm. should um, impact the way we live day in and day out. And that is the witness to invite our kids into that story. Right. Oh. So if, if we go back to that, that analogy of passing on grandma's China, you don't just pass on it. it that China need to have, it, it had to have been eaten on. It had to have been used. Maybe, a, maybe there's some plates are broken and chipped because you lived with that China. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your work with Resonate um, your work with um, the theological communities that you're a part of involves leadership training, um, training mm-hmm. up the next generation of leaders mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. Why do you see that as important, maybe in the big picture, but probably more specifically, what are you learning from them as you as you walk with them? Uh, mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. How is your kind of faith, your worldview being challenged and shaped by this act of walking alongside the next generation? Yes, um, it's it's a constant nourishment I receive from the questions, from the, from the struggles, from the um, proposals of the younger people or, or older people mm-hmm. um, that are involved in, in, in these uh, processes. I think... Um, they keep me on my toes in mm. terms of just really um, not thinking, oh, I've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it all. I, I'm the teacher. I'm the leader. So I'm there. Um, and I just need others to follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, because really what we all need is to follow Jesus. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. and, so, and so the questions, the struggles... And the proposals of uh, my students, of um, of the of the young volunteers here in Casadove, um, they keep me um, searching. They keep me alive. Uh, they keep me um, seeking daily bread from mm-hmm. God, um, rather than settling into oh my comfortable established position or something um so i i am definitely revitalized constantly um by by the people i engage with um i i can't imagine how dry my life would be without it Mm. (laughs) ruth you're the the community in which you live um just the it i'm guessing it gets messy um, sometimes your 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 life is intersecting with people um, whose lives are challenging. Um, I'm wondering what gives you hope. Where 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 are you seeing hope? Yeah, they're definitely extremely messy. We're all messy. Uh, we use the the symbol of the metaphor of uh, we our community is called Casa Adobe. Adobe house. And if you know what adobes are, adobes are mud bricks. Oh. 
Okay. They are fragile. They mm-hmm. are. They need constant reworking to not fall apart. And uh, particularly our community, given that um, several of us have gone through extremely traumatic experiences in life, mm-hmm. we're all very broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to depict uh, some idyllic, perfect um, thing. We bring the pain and our brokenness yeah. into the present. And um, we actually currently have been for several months uh, wrestling with some some interrelational uh, some interpersonal issues that mm-hmm. that need healing, but in the midst of it, I guess um, yeah. If I had to bank on our capacity, I would not. Mm-hmm. I would be giving up. I would be mm-hmm. closing down Casadove and moving uh, to some little place with my husband. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but, um, but I don't, I'm not counting on our personal expertise or capacity. Mm -hmm. I'm only counting on God's grace and God's provision Mm -hmm. and God's good purposes. And then it's like, you know, when you plant seeds and and they start sprouting and you see that in spite of all our messiness, there are all these little sprouts in the neighborhood, in the kids mm-hmm. that are being mentored and tutored, mm-hmm. in um, in the life of our students in the in the in Seti, the the theological school, um, and and witnesses of people being encouraged. So you see the fruit. You see these expressions of something that are far beyond our doing, and that is God at work, yeah. um, and that is encouraging. Mm-hmm. And just the confidence of holding on to the fact that God hasn't abandoned the world, mm-hmm. even though COVID and so much death. And in Latin America, I don't know if you know the news, but I mean, people talk about India, but Latin America, the whole of Latin America is way off the charts in mm-hmm. terms of uh, of the, the whole impact of the pandemic and, mm-hmm. and the lack of availability of vaccines and mm-hmm. the lack of hospital beds and lack of oxygen and people dying. Uh, it is dire and, and, and it's burdensome. It's heavy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, um, it's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and so part of that is just clinging to the hope that God is God and God is good and God's purposes are going to come to fruition mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and, and, um, and remaining faithful in that as a community. And I love a line by somebody, I don't even know that I can quote it properly, but it's like when our faith dwindles, we can we can be carried by the faith of our of our community. Um, mm. uh, and so, even at times when I just despair, yeah. um, I need not uh, just staunchly follow on my own strength because I don't even have it. Um, but mm. I can rest on the on the faith of others, and they can see me through. And then it'll yeah. be somebody else's turn to be carried. Yeah. That's such a, a, a real rich description of being the body of Christ and mm. belonging to the body of Christ. Many times uh, as I'm interacting and, and probably with uh, a lot with the next generation of, of folks, too, who are, are questioning church, one of mm-hmm. the things they'll say is people aren't real. And mm-hmm. by that, they yep. mean we come, yep. come to worship yep. on Sunday and everything looks like it's Perfect. put together. Yep. Um, 
And, and the question is, how can I live up to that? And how can I be real? And where can I go with my doubts and my okay. struggles? And it, it feels like they don't belong because they have struggles. But you're describing belonging to the church because you have struggles. Um, yes, 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 yes. And that goes back to that point of integrity. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- you yeah. don't have to keep up a facade uh, yeah. of, of, of perfect faith and perfect strength and perfect everything and too often that's the problem is uh where where you know when you go back to the new testament and you see the struggles of that church of those house churches they were real and the letters um paul and john's the letters in the new testament reveal the the messiness the brokenness the 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 strife the the mm-hmm. struggle of of these communities um and at the same time they were being witnesses to god's work and and inviting others into uh, a new way of life into the story of god's grace um in a way that had huge repercussions across the empire um mm-hmm. And that's the call, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the small and the real, the authentic, and the capacity to lament and yeah. to say things are not right. Yeah, I'm wondering if you know. And, and you mentioned young adults, and and I, I think that 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 I have young adults too, and I think that that's that is that's their challenge, right? It's like what I'm seeing on Sunday is not what I'm seeing during the week. And what I, and what I, what I see during the week, I'd love to see on Sunday during worship. And, you know, we talk a lot about storytelling and the importance of storytelling. And I'm wondering, is, is that something that's also woven into your intentional community? And because that gets to our authenticity. Yes. 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 Uh, And that's where, I mean, that's why to me, um, the doing of theology is a weaving of stories. It's the yeah. story of God's good purposes. It's the story of God's people through time. And it's our stories today um, and our wrestling and our, our, um, our imperfection and our joys and our, yeah. and our successes. Um, but it's not just all about performance and success. It's about it all. And life right. has all that messiness. And I think um, in some ways, um, I really think my own walk has been significantly marked also by loss and grief mm. and and the 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 murder of my husband um in twenty twenty four years ago mm-hmm. um, and just having to walk through that in a way it was like either you pretend it away and close down a part Mm. of who you are or you walk through the pain and the loss and the ugliness and the questions of it and and then you learn to live with pain and loss and lament and learning Mm. to live with it forces you to be more authentic and I'm not upholding myself as a model, but no. I'm just, my point is that if we try to um, just push the ugly pieces of life aside 
and don't allow God's spirit to shed light into them if, and, 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 and just, just kind of, and, and if we're not willing to live with um, right. what's not great, you know, we, we pretend it's not there. We annul a part of who we are mm, and yeah. we don't allow God's work uh, to affect the whole of life. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're called into being those people that are, uh, yeah, those mud bricks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ruth, as you're talking, I just, I keep thinking to myself, I am so grateful for the generous posture with which you are sharing your story today. Um, mm. It is... Um, it, it, it's a, there's a humility in what you're saying. Um, there's a, a, a willingness to share both grief and joy, which we've seen uh, mm-hmm. you share uh, in the conversation. Um, it, it's, uh, I can say safely in, in many of the North American church conversations I get in, we don't get into this type of real life conversation. Mm-hmm. It often stays mm-hmm. abstract and on the surface and, mm-hmm. Um, so there's something about how you're even saying things today that I find mm. my my heart being warmed and encouraged um, mm. and myself going, this is good and this is right. And so um, mm. thank you mm. for the way you're you're being vulnerable and, and sharing your story with mm. us. Well, you know, Chris, it, it it hasn't come easy, but it goes back to what you talked about belonging mm-hmm. uh, to the body. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, when, when, I mean, my husband was, my late husband was murdered in Ecuador and you might know of the story of those missionaries back in the day that were murdered by the indigenous people. And, and so when he died and we were missionaries and everything, there was like this kind of surge of attention, like, oh, mm. poor widow. And, you know, and, 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 and I just kind of, uh, cringed at the publicity around it. And so my first reaction was like, no, this is my story. This is my, this is my life. And, and and I don't need to be going public about this stuff. And there was a, uh, I feel a gifting of, of, of God in just giving me time to be more, to work through my, my process. But I came to a point where I realized, you know, what we live as, children of God, as members of of Christ's body, it's not just ours. Mm. It's Mm. because we we owe it to each other to witness to what God is doing in our lives, in spite of us, through us, with us. Um, And so it was a maturing process of saying, um, I, this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. This is about God's work. And um, and I just need to kind of step into that stream. Yeah. Um, and if my uh, experience is can be an encouragement to others, I owe it. Mm. Um, and so I can just um, kind of release myself in this mix. And um, yeah, that's been part of the process. And so when I first shared some of my reflections, um, 
with uh, with an IFES, the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students, the InterVarsity in the U.S., mm. just sharing some of my reflections about where God had been in the midst of this situation. Um, I had people coming from several different countries that were suffering a lot of strife and a lot of violence and a lot of death. And they found it encouraging. And mm. to me, that was just like a confirmation. Yeah. We, owe, right. we owe our stories and allowing God to weave them into God's story. Um, mm. So we need not be protecting ourselves or hiding things. Um, we can be there for one another. Yeah. Thank oh, you. That's so encouraging. You know, we talk a lot about learning God's story, finding your place in God's story, but we don't often add on and talking with others, sharing with others how you have found your place in God's story and what mm. God is doing, right? That's that third part, you know? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. it's it's easy to stop at, hear God's story, find your place in it, keep it to yourself. Um, mm. So thank mm. you for that mm. reminder of mm. being authentic and honest and humble and open. Mm. Um, and being okay in mess, because we are all messy. Um, Ruth, we, so the Open to Wonder podcast kind of has this logo um, it, that that's like a pew, um, only it's not in church. It's sitting outside on the grass. Cool. And we chose that. It's kind of like a pew park bench outside mm. on the grass, because we really mm. want to think outside mm -hmm. of those walls mm -hmm. and in some, some parks um uh here in 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 canada there's a few and, and elsewhere in the world there's a little section in a park called speaker's corner where sometimes there's a podium mm. and a person can stand there and and let let people around know the things that they would want them to know mm. and so i'm wondering if you're if we imagine where you and chris and i are <laughs> all been sitting on our pew bench in the park and and you wander over to that little speaker's corner section what would you want people to know about intentional faith formation or faith formation or god at work in your life what's what's one thing that you think oh i just i wish people knew this i guess Maybe it would be, we can't form faith just by adding up proper doctrines and ideas. Mm. And we never really arrive. <laughs> we uh. never own faith. Mm. Um, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it's a journey that demands all we are. It involves and impacts um, every corner of of us um and that us isn't only me that us mm -hmm. is us it's plural it involves yeah. others um we are we are shaped by the relationships we value uh we are shaped by how we relate uh we are essentially communal beings god god is community and god created us in god's image as community and mm -hmm. so it's never an individual journey. It is a journey, but it's not my journey. It's mm. our journey. Mm. And, and, um, and we only, and so, and so it, it um, necessarily is, our faith is nurtured, strengthened, 
as we seek right relations, right relations with God, right relations with one another, right relations with the rest of creation. And, and that's where it's going to be seen. It's not mm-hmm. seen in me being able to say a lot of nice words. It's not seen, it's not even exclusively in doing nice things for people. Mm-hmm. It's in right relations. That's that's the mm-hmm. core. That's why God, mm-hmm. Jesus summed up the law. Love God, love your neighbor. And you can't love your neighbor without loving the rest of creation because yeah. because it's 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 the home we share, mm-hmm. and so uh, I think that would be my call. Let's continue seeking to nourish healthy, uh, equal, mm-hmm. nourishing, ongoingly nourishing yep. relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. life. Oh, thank oh, you, thank Ruth. You. We are so grateful for your time with us today and for this conversation. For those who are listening, uh, you can find Ruth on Facebook um, <laughs> or you can write to her by email. Her address is rpadiadivorced at crcna.org. And we will make sure that gets put in the uh, episode notes so that people can follow up with you, Ruth. I would also say, and, and Karen would add too, that Um, If you do a little search of Ruth on Google, you will find a treasure trove of (laughs) talks and speeches and uh, encouraging words. Um, Mm -hmm. Her insight and wisdom shines through, uh, as well as her passion, uh, which came through clearly today. So thank you. Thank you again, Ruth. We are so blessed to uh, have this time with you today. God be with you as you keep up this good, good work. Thank you, Ruth. You can sit on a park bench, pew bench with Chris and I anytime. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Open to Wonder is a podcast by Faith Formation Ministries. If you've enjoyed wondering with us, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at CRC Faith Formation and on Twitter at CRC underscore FFM. Please feel free to send us an email as well, faithformation at crcna.org. We would love to hear from you, our listeners. You can also find us online where we share toolkits and resources for growing faith. All of those links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening.